know, here at Victory, there's something that we desire to do that's a part of our DNA, and that is we desire to treasure the next generation. And in the process of that, I have worked with some of the best, some of the sweetest, some of the greatest kids, and not only kids, young adults, and then working with them as they grow older. In fact, almost everybody that you rub shoulders with here at this church, they was not they didn't come to us later in life. Most of those came to us as young ones in life. And I've had the marvelous joy of a pastor of being able to walk with that next generation and have the desire to see the fire of God to light up in them. I have the wonderful opportunity of starting it off today. We've got three preachers that's going to come and speak to you today. Each one of these are recent graduates. And I tell you what, they had come today with such a power-packed message. And not only a power-packed message, they come with special giftings. And you'll see that in the process of our three ministering to us today, as Colton ministers, as Leighton and Micah, as they minister to us, you will see the giftings of relationship. Then you'll see that one that's gifted in teaching. Then you'll see that one that's gifted in preaching. And it is just amazing to see how God can so gift this next generation. And to whether they're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever they are in life or, or a construction worker, what matters is that they do it through the grace of God. Amen? And so I've had, I want to thank you as parents especially for being able to work with them over the years. Now in Psalm 78, the powerful verse, and this psalm simply says this, It says, we will not hide these truths from our children. And it's been our goal not to hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. We'll tell them about His power and His mighty wonders. See, it's important to know that we're not only called to tell them the... the, uh, to choose their own way to make it in life. We're choosing to tell them about the power of God that will be able to help them in life. Amen. Then the Bible says in verse 7 of that same chapter, it says what will happen with this generation. It says, so each generation should set its hopes anew on God, not forgetting the glorious miracles and obeying His command. I don't know where this world is trying to place this generation. But what I see in this generation, I see the opportunity for the fire of God and for the presence of the Lord to bless them. And we believe that over these graduates today that God has a marvelous future for them and God will help them unfold. And these three graduates that's coming to speak to you today, they're going to tell us how about that happened. Let's give them a hand as they come to minister today. Good morning, Victory. I'm so honored and privileged to be able to speak with you this morning. So I was going to tell you a boxing joke because it kind of goes along with my message, but I couldn't think of a punchline. For those still trying to figure it out, that was a joke. So I'm going to start things off a little differently than I normally do when I preach. I have a quick 30-second video I want to show you that's going to show you the inspiration where I got my message from. So if you would, bear with me. And Jeremy, if you'd play the video. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. 
want to talk to you today about it ain't about how hard you hit. All the teachers in here just kind of went, mmm, and they're cringing. So another name you can call it is getting back up after life knocks you down. We've all been knocked down before in life. I personally was knocked down in life. The 27th of this month will be two years ago when my dad passed away. But we have a choice. We can choose to stay down or we can choose to get up and fight. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. As Christians, we think that we'll have an easy life. But the truth of the matter is, we will have trials and tribulations. Jesus said in John 16:33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. I want you to think about every bad thing that's happening in your life as a hit. The death of a loved one. Boom, there's a hit. Or maybe if you're older, losing your job. Boom, there's another hit. Or someone you loved has abandoned you. Boom, there's another hit. After a while, those hits will start to sting. But there comes a time in your life where you're going to have to stand, start fighting back. A time where you're going to have to stay enough a time when you're going to have to dig your heel in the ground and say, I'm ready for whatever you throw at me. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. When I, I meant heaven, sorry. When I was writing this, I heard the voice of the Lord tell me that that time is now. You will no longer be down. Your time to rise again is now. You're about to go from victor to victim. Victor to vi- victim to victor, sorry. Now, maybe you feel like you've been down for so long, you feel like God has forgotten about you. But I'm here to tell you, God hasn't forgotten about you. Psalms 94, 18 through 19 says, I cried out, I am slipping. Now, we've all slipped in here. How many have slipped? But your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. God is waiting for the moment for you to turn the situation over to Him. I can imagine God sitting over there in our corner like, Tag me! Tag me! Tag me! I want to fight this for you! I want to fight it! The moment you turn that situation over to God, the situation begins to turn around. No matter what's happening to you, you can't just ever lay down. Because if you lay down and stop fighting, you've already lost the battle. You need to stand up and fight back against whatever is coming against you. You may get knocked down, but you're not out. Now, you may get knocked down, and you may feel like you just don't have the energy to keep fighting. Can I let you in on a secret? I'm going to let you in on a secret. We have a champion in our corner who's never been defeated. We have a champion who will fight your battles for you. Psalms 24, 7-8 says, Lift your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Now, you might have to say to what's coming against you like David did to Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, who you have defied. Now, I know we won't ever fight against somebody with a sword or a spear or a javelin. If you do, good luck. I'm rooting for you. But, but you can say to the devil, you can
can say to life or whatever's coming against me. You come at me with these thoughts of hopelessness, thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of health problems or health problems in general. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I want us to do that right now. So I want you to close your eyes and say to whatever you feel like keeps knocking you down. And you can do this under your breath if, if you're not comfortable saying it out loud. And when we say this, we have to believe the situation will change. We know if we have as faith as little as a mustard seed, we can move mountains. I want you to say, you come against me with and say whatever's coming against you. And it keep knocking you down and say to it, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Now, no many looking around, raise your hand if you felt the situation starting to change as soon as you said that. Now, everybody looking back at me, and this, this is going to be my closing point right here, and I want to push this as much as I can. So if you don't remember anything I spoke about, I want you to remember this. You may be down, but you're not out until that final bell sounds. Thank you. How y'all doing? That was awesome, Colton. Um, so today, the Lord laid it on... Oh, there's a lot of you out there. Um, today, the Lord laid it on my heart to talk about love. Uh, you know, love is talked about a lot in the Bible. It's a big thing, you know. Um, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The New International Version of Proverbs 3.3 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Matthew 23, I'm sorry, Matthew 22.37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And verse 38, Jesus... In verse 38, Jesus says, this is the first and great commandment. He also goes on to say in verse 39, the second and great commandment is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Seems to me like Jesus is pretty enthusiastic about love, right? So, the love scripture that really impacted my life and that I feel like I'm need to talk about today is 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 4, 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. I'm going to say that one more time. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Scripture is powerful. It's very powerful. It's such a bold statement, you know. I don't know about y'all, but I want to know God. I want to know God, and I want to be known by God. Um, the scripture, 1 John 4, 8, says that the only way to know God is to love, right? So if there's one thing I want you to take with you today, it's that you must, must, must take love with you everywhere you go. Always got to love. In a lot of situations, it can be very, very easy not to love, right? We've all been there. Um, but if you make that choice to carry and show the love of God, then he will bless your life. The reason he will bless your life is because you will know God. And those who know God 
are the ones that can be blessed by God. That's all I got for you. Here's Micah. Good morning. Let me just get set up real quick. All right. Good morning. Good morning, graduates. I mean, that's awesome. Y'all survived high school, college, all the things. I remember when I graduated high school so long ago, all of 365 days ago. Whew. And it was almost like coming up for fresh air and be like, oh my gosh, I made it. And then my mom's like, you ready for college? And I'm like, ah. So, but it, it is awesome. And uh, I was just told to share about what God has kind of been doing in my life, what has been kind of pushing me forward. Um, it's actually a story from the Bible. It's not, it's not really one point or one phrase. It's a, it's a segment of the Bible that focuses on Samuel. And Samuel was a powerful prophet from the Old Testament. And it's this moment where it's the first time in recorded scripture where Samuel is hearing the voice of God. And then he goes on to hear the voice of God just about every living day. But this is the moment where he figures out the code, the secret to living a life that is directed towards God. Um, and it, the scripture starts out, I'm just going to read it. It's 1 Samuel um, 3, 2. And it says, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, I want to take a pause right there because I'm going to actually have three points through this message um, that kind of map out the entire thing. But the first point is choose your environment. You see, Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, the ark of God represented the presence of God in that time. So Samuel had literally placed himself in a position to where he could be as close to God as he possibly could be. And going into this next season, you're going to be introduced with a lot of friends, a lot of different things, a lot of new churches, a lot of different voices, TV shows, music, all this different stuff. But you get the choice to choose either I'm going to pursue a life dedicated to God or I'm going to choose the world. And it's free will. You get to say yes or no. And I've said yes to the world, and I've said no to the world, and I've said yes to God, and I've said no to God. And quite frankly, it's a lot better if you say yes to God in the end. It just ends up panning out a little bit greater than if you say yes to God. The Bible says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It's as simple as that. Choose your friends. Choose the people you surround yourself with. There's God's putting people in your life every day that are going to minister to you, that are going to grow you, that are going to impact you in ways you don't even know. And there's been people at college even this year that I've met, and I, I mean, I couldn't imagine my life without them now. I mean, they're such godly people, and God does that because he loves you. But you have to choose to put yourself in those environments and be a good environment for others. Be that environment for other people. Choose to love others how God loves you. And the scripture goes on to say, Then the Lord God called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. I want to pause right here because this is my second point. My second point is to gather godly advice and influence. You see, 
Eli was a wise man and actually Samuel's about to take Eli's place. But at this moment, Eli was a prophet and he had learned God. He had known God's voice. He had seen God move. He had seen God work in, in numerous of ways. And it was in this moment where Samuel did not fully understand or comprehend the severity of God. He did not understand the voice of God, how God moved, how God spoke. So he would go in this, in this passage, he went to someone who was wiser. He went to someone who did know more. He went to someone that he trusted. And in this, so going into college, and my mom can attest to this, my mom is a lot wiser than I am. She's a lot, gone through a lot more than I have. So every time I would be freaking out, I'd call her, not crying. I was not crying. I would call her, I'd be like, Mom, like, this is going on, this is going on. She'd be like, calm down, what does the Bible say? So you need that. You need, God has already placed so many wonderful, anointed, powerful people in your lives. Utilize that. If you're going through a season, if you're going through a situation, you don't fully understand, the good thing is, is you don't have to fully understand. You, need, you can ask for help. It is okay. God kind of created us that way to actually need help. And so we go to God. And we also can go to our pastors. We can go to our parents. We can go to these scriptures. We can go to people you're even going to meet down the road, professors, whatever it may be. You can go to the people that have seen God move and work. And you can ask them for advice. You can ask them what to do in this upcoming test, in this upcoming trial. That is okay because God loves you enough to have put those people in your life so that they can be utilized in those seasons. The Bible says... The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to the advice. It also says, without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So get a lot of really smart people in your life, and you're set. It just seems pretty simple. The scripture goes on to say, and this is my last point, it's probably the most important one. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak. For your servant is listening. And then the Lord goes on to explain to Samuel the severity and the purpose that he has put on his life. So in this small sentence that Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. How much weight does that hold? Because every day we wake up and God has put something on our hearts. Talk to this person today. Pray this certain prayer today. And a lot of times we say no because we're tired or something's going on. But God gives us the the amazing gift to say yes or no. I mean, he is the divine creator of everything we see around us. And he says, you know what? I want to give you the choice to choose me. And as free will works, we get every day to choose to follow the will of God, to choose to follow his plan, to choose to listen to his voice. We get to say either yes or no. And so Samuel here, he says, yes, Going into this college season, you get the choice to say yes, because there's going to be a lot of options out there in this world. And even, you know, going to Florida, there was a lot of options I could have said yes to. And some of them I did say yes to, and I, I, I had to learn from my mistakes. But you get the option to submit. And submission is not weakness. Submission is actually strength in the, in the Bible. Because you see all through, all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, there's men and women of God that just because they said yes, they changed the face of the world. Just because they said, God, I'm weak, but I know you are strong. I choose you. And they completely moved the kingdom of God to completely change this world as we know it. So, submission, saying yes to follow the God that created you, that loves you, that sees you in every situation, every season. That is what we've been given. That is, that is love. That is 
what Leighton was talking about, the love of God. We get to choose that love. And he's always open to give us that love back. So that's what I have today. You guys are going to do amazing things. I'm so excited to see the work of God that is going to be happening in y'all's life. But yeah. Wow. Was that amazing? Or was that amazing? My heart is so overcome with what God has done with our babies. You know, Anita and I were the preschool teachers when these little boys were three and four and five years old. Oh my goodness, it just, it's so fulfilling. So fulfilling. And all of you guys, I've known all of y'all since y'all were, I remember Abby when you were born, the day you were born. (laughs) And Jade, the day you were born. (laughs) And so, and uh, it's just, you know, the scripture says there is no greater joy than knowing that my children are walking in the truth. No greater joy. The Bible promises us old people that we can see five generations if we serve God. All of these, most of these seniors right here and graduates, your parents were youth and children in this church. (laughs) And so y'all got to have babies now and bring up the next generation before I die. So I'm just so proud of you guys. And But what is so amazing is your wisdom. The great wisdom that you live and that you walk. And try to get Colin to preach this morning. But Colin let us know his gift is not preaching. Colin is going to write apps that you'll be getting on your phone, sending you information. He just got one of those brilliant app minds. You know... The iGens in the church are when you graduate from high school, you go into the next group of iGens. Now, the world doesn't call them iGens. I think they call them, uh, what do they call Gen X. Gen X, right? But the reason we call ours iGens is we were sitting around discussing this when uh, Colin graduated from high school. We were all of us sitting around discussing and and Colin said, well, let's call them iGens. It's the internet generation. And the iPhone generation. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> and so y'all are all inducted into the iGens now. And you get to be a youth and an iGen for the whole summer. You get to attend all the youth activities plus the iGen activities. And the iGens are meeting right after church today. And we want to buy all of y'all's lunch to uh, induct y'all into the iGens. <laughs> and so I just want to say what a joy all of these kids are. They will always be kids to me. What a joy you have been throughout your years here at Victory. But it's just the beginning. You're going to be a much greater joy when you get involved and start sharing your gifts with us. We got to eat from the table of their gifts this morning. It's so, so much maturity. If I could tell you how stupid I was when I was their age, how lost I was when I graduated from high school. (laughs) But I wasn't as stupid and lost as my husband. I grew up in church, but he was a total heathen. 
And we didn't get saved till a year after we got married because we were both going straight to hell so fast. It was bad. <laughs> I'm not going to hell because I lived in hell for a year of a bad marriage. <laughs> but when we got saved, it has been so awesome. And the scripture that I want to leave you with, all of these great words of wisdom. If you're here this morning and you're feeling knocked down, get up. Get up and run toward God with everything in you. The way these kids have been doing all their life. And if you've got problems with any relationship in your life, you need to learn how to love. The only way that you can receive love is if you give love. And we all want to love and be loved. And so when we were talking with the IGNs of the day, they were going around talking about their gifting. And Leighton said, well, I, I just want to love people. And I thought, that is the coolest way I have ever heard the pastor gift explained. Leighton has got such a powerful pastor gift. He said, I just want to love on people. That is the best way to describe that gift I've ever heard. <laughs> and then, like uh, uh, Micah said, learn to hear. Put yourself in a place. Because you cannot live a day if you don't hear God. When you get up in the morning, you don't know which way to go. Until you hear God, you don't know what job to take. You don't know what person to marry. You don't know how many times to beat your kids when they rebel. You know? Raising kids is the hardest job on the planet. (laughs) But you can't make a decision, one decision every day, if you can't hear God. That was so great. Hear God. Learn to hear God. Put yourself in a place to hear God. And so the point that I want to give you is... Psalms 43 says, no, I'm sorry. Uh, 48.2 says, Beautifully situated, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, the city of the great king. Mount Zion in the Bible is your relationship with Jesus. It's the church. It's the bride and the bridegroom coming together. It's you loving God your head by being in his body if you say well I don't really love church then you're saying I don't love my head because Jesus is the head of the church if you don't love the body of Christ you don't love the head of Christ so many kids when they get out of high school or college they think they've arrived and they quit church the average even in victory school is about Maybe two or three out of the whole class stay in church. They get out and leave. And don't go back. And they miss the joy of the whole earth. See, these kids here this morning, they use their gifts and their callings in the church. Your gift that God gave you that put you on the earth for is to be used in the church. Your calling that you were put here on the earth for is to be used in the church. Now, you'll use it outside too, but... The, the people it was given to you to benefit the most is the body of Christ. See, the pastor's job uh, is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Not do the work of the ministry, equip you to do the work. And so I just want to say, graduates, stay in church. Stay in church. Find the church that you're a member of. You're either an arm or a foot or a leg or an ear or a mouth. And you can't use that gift if you're not in church. 
Don't be one of those seniors or college graduates that you don't go to church anymore when you get out. You stay and you use your gift. That's the joy of the whole earth. Your whole life will end in joy if you do that. If you quit church, you quit serving God, you never use your gift, you never use your calling. When you get old, like your pastor over there, you're going to be a miserable person because you're going to have missed the whole purpose of your life. You're going to miss all the joy of your life. So stay in the church, the most beautiful place on the earth. You know, uh, when, when the Nortons were here, they, that, that was the message they brought. The prophetic message for this year was the church is the happiest place on earth. And it is. It's where we find love, acceptance, the ability to use our gifts and callings and be loved even when we fall down and mess up. These guys were talking. No, it was the girls that sang before service. They were talking about when they messed up. And I said, nobody notices when you mess up. Your singing was so anointed. That anointing was going in and blessing us so much. Nobody notices when you mess up. The church is a place where you can be yourself. Mess up all you want. Say the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing. But they're going to love you anyway. And they're going to help you back up. And, and true believers are not going to talk about you behind your back. They're going to love you and support you and stand with you. Pray for you. And so I just want to say. Make the church the joy of your life while you're here on earth. Use your giftings and use your calling. You know, Jared and I, we, are, we, we don't have that many more years. You know, you, until you go up this hill until you're about 50 and then you start down. Well, we've been da- going down a, a several years. He's old. He's 71. <laughs> but uh, the one thing that we love the most is watching the next generations take over. We do not mind turning loose of everything and letting the next generation do everything as long as they get permission. They got to ask first. Because <laughs> we've had some people want to do some dumb things that we said no. <laughs> but there's no greater joy than ending your life Surrounded by people you have served God with all your life. And you have watched them grow in the Lord. You watched God heal them. You watched God bring the right person for them to marry. You watched God give them children. You've watched all the great things that God has done for them all their life and their children's lives and their next generation's life. But that does not happen if you don't stay in the church. If you don't get in the joy of the whole earth. The happiest place on earth. You know, Disney World uses that thing, they're the happiest place on earth. That's the biggest lie from the pit of hell. The church is the happiest place on the earth. So thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for using your gifts. We're going to have so much more of you. And by the way, Colton runs pretty much the media ministry. <laughs> Jeremy's job has him traveling so much of the time. So Colton is his right-hand man. So anybody that wants to join the media ministry, television, uh, running the sound, Colton always needs help. In fact, sometimes Colton can't even come to IGN on Wednesday night because he has nobody to run 
the media. So join, all you guys, join. Layton is going to pastor our IGNs. He's got that heart of love. He's going to love those IGNs off of their lazy bottoms back into the church. (laughs) And Micah is our assistant. You pastor this summer. He's helping Jason in charge of activities. He's going to run your kids ragged this summer. They're not going to have any time to be at home. They're going to be up here with Micah running. And so I just want to thank you guys. And all you seniors, get involved. Graduates, get involved in the church. Use your gift and your calling. You're desperately needed. You're needed. The whole service. And so I just want to say to those of you that did not find your gift and calling when you graduated from high school or college, you didn't pour yourself into the uh, the church, it's never too late. You're never too old. You find your gift, you find your calling, and you do it. It's the joy of the whole earth. If your life is lacking in joy, it's because you're not doing what you were gifted to do. The word gift to me is the word joy in the Bible. Gift and joy are the same word. So you pour your life into your gifting. And and you do it in the church. And your life will change. So thank you guys so much. Congratulations to our graduates. And those of you that are going to be leaving us and going to college in the fall, then when you come in from college, you make sure you come back and let us know how everything is going, how much you love your new church, what you're doing for God. Okay? I love you all. Thank you for being here this morning. If you would love to to, uh, congratulate our graduates, if you would stand to your feet, give them a huge round of applause.